Support for Oyster World Radio comes from you, our listeners. If you would like to support the show, visit the link in the show description or visit patreon.com forward slash Oyster World Radio. For only $5 a month, you get all of the behind-the-scenes coverage of how these random interviews materialize, plus travel tips. So don't miss out and support the show today. More support means meeting more people that you would normally never meet, less travel headaches while on the road, and you get to learn the ins and outs of everywhere I go. Become a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash oysterworldradio and support the show today. Welcome to Oyster World. Oyster World. Radio. Hello, oysters, and welcome to another episode of Oyster World Radio, the podcast where we broaden our perspectives by listening to the stories of people from all over the globe. I'm Nathan Lieberman, and in this episode, we have a chat with Heiner Zimes. Now, Heiner has, let's say, a unique point of view. Growing up in eastern Germany under Soviet control, he was on the other side of the Berlin Wall. It wasn't so bad as a kid, it was the only thing he knew. But that all changed when the wall fell in 1989. The entire society changed overnight. Police and lawyers didn't know the laws or what to do. Many people lost their jobs and pensions. And even their identity shifted overnight. For their entire lives, they were taught that capitalists were the enemy. Like we were taught, communists were the enemy. And now they were capitalists. Talk about a confusing time. Heiner got through unscathed, though, and even though times were tough, he relied on his targets and goals to get him through, no matter how many turns there were in the road ahead. Okay, that's enough of me, and I hope you enjoy my conversation with Heiner Zimes. Well, Heiner, welcome to Oyster World Radio. We're really excited to have you on. We're here in Dresden, Germany on this beautiful day, and how are you doing? Welcome to the show. Uh, thank you, and thank you to be uh, participate to your show. Yeah, we're really excited, and I have to say, this is one of the cooler spaces that me and Jackie have ever stayed in. You were very helpful in helping us uh, with housing as we came to Dresden, and man, you you got you got the setup down. You have multiple motorcycles in the garage being built, and you live here in this crazy space i'm staring at a bunch of bookshelves with topics we did look at all your books sorry about that about like photoshop and aircrafts and motorbikes and fantasy this is a great place thank you i'm 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 very happy to be here as well how did you find a space like this or what gave you the inspiration just to basically live in your workshop uh the inspiration of course was my attention to um to repair bikes all the time so i have a regular job but after the job i want to uh, repair bikes and restorate bikes and um, i have of course not so many time so uh, so much time so of course i want to reduce the time to go to a shop so the result was to live in a shop yeah and it gets rid of all the time wasted going off and driving to your shop and you can just get right to the good stuff and that's to make really cool motorbikes so and i don't need so much to to live so i don't need to need a big kitchen or a big sleeping room i need a couch i need uh yeah a shower and that's it and you need your bikes i need the bikes and of course uh, all my tools (laughs) well i love it and i am excited to find out how you got here you got here and we're gonna dive into your story and figure it out and i think you have a perspective that a lot of people never really get at least in the u.s and that is the fact that you were born in east germany when it was split 
right after World War II. So we'll start there. When we were talking before, you said that you lived somewhere between uh, Berlin and the North Sea and in a small town. And can you bring us back to what that town was like? Um, how many people were there and what was a typical day for you in your hometown? Um, yeah, of course, uh, during this time, uh, before the wall break, I was a child and um, it was a very small town, two or 300 people. Um, it's this small village. I don't want to say town. It's a village. Yeah, with, two to uh, 300 people. That's yeah, not very many. Yeah, yeah. It's a small village and uh, the main, um, yeah, between forest and fields for agriculture and lakes. It's Our area is very, very uh, famous for, for uh, lakes. Mm. So I go out fish, going fish, fishing and... Um, but we have nature, 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 and the only, yeah, the most people work in agriculture. Mm -hmm. So I would say it's quite more a, a poor area. Yeah. So we have not, not many industry there. Gotcha. But uh, nature, nature, nature. Did you, what was your favorite outdoor activity? Were you fishing go, all the time? Go fishing. Always fishing. Definitely go fishing, yes. Oh, man, there's nothing like a nice day on the water, right? Especially when you land that big fish. And you can, of, co of course, and you can choose uh, to f go fishing on on different lakes. Every, every day I, con I was able to go on a different lake because we are, our village is placed in, is settled direct in the middle of, I don't know how many lakes. Oh, so you, would it be you and your dad early in the morning? Okay, we're going to target this fish today at this lake. Yeah, mostly alone. So I start fishing uh, quite early, so with six, and uh, my parents trust me. So uh, I was able to go alone to the lakes. That's right. Even six yeah. years old, you're out there catching fish. Yeah, absolutely. We have, and in general, I have to say that, um, especially in East Germany, it's, it's a quite safe place. So uh, no parents are scared about that something could happen. Of course, yeah. of course, something happened. But uh, don't forget, in this time, we have no television. So nobody was um, scared because nobody saw some films or movies in cinema or in, 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 in television for, for some crime. Yeah. yeah so yeah, we yeah. had, of course, we had every uh, country has crime. But I think during this time, we had less crime, especially in this kind of small village in the middle of forest and lakes. Yeah, exactly. And it gave you a lot of freedom as well, too, which is... Yes, freedom. Nice. It's a good word. Did you... Do you have a favorite fish story? So every fisherman has that one fish story that the mega fish that they caught or the one that fought for 30 minutes until you finally got it in. Do you have a favorite fish story? Not really. No, not really, because you were just catching them all the time, right? Uh, exactly. So, and, and, and even, even every day was normally story. every day. And even the interesting story for this one is that I was catching everyday fish, but until I was 14 or 16, I don't like to eat fish. You don't like to eat fish. <laughs> yes, but I catched all the time. But you I caught all the fish, but you didn't eat any yes, of your fish. Yes, yes, I don't know why. So I catched my 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 parents and my friends eaten my fish. Okay, but, but I never. So and then, but later with I don't know fifteen sixteen, then I started oh, to eat wow, fish. This is and, pretty good. and since then, I eat. I try to eat fish every day. I like really fish. Oh, you have to make up but, for lost time of all the fish that you caught. You you have to keep. You have yes, to, you have fifteen years of eating fish that you have to make up for. Yeah, if, if, I don't know why, but this is a story. Yeah, so how was it? You said your parents gave you a lot of freedom. Yes. 
And was that pretty much in everything? Was I always like to talk about the the parenting style of people from across the world as well. And in East Germany, the small town, it seems like you were able, to, even at six years old, to go out and go to the lakes, no problem. Maybe go to school by yourself. Was it more of a freedom or were your parents strict in some ways? Or what was it like growing up with your parents? Mm, they were very strict because I have to follow rules. But when I was following rules, on the other hand, they are aware that I'm following rules. So and when I follow rules, I had my freedom. So when, when they said, please um, come back at six and I'm back on six, then I was free before until six. Yeah. Fine, this is the rule. Oh, good. Yeah. If I break the rule, forget it. Yeah, no more freedom. Yes. Basically. And yeah, so basically a normal childhood going yeah. out and coming back, no problems at all. Yeah. And I think this is, I, I ask about the, the growing up quite a bit because for us, uh, or at least for, for everyone that doesn't know, this was during uh, the split of Germany after World War II and Russia had control of the region that you grew up. So it was under full Russian control and communism for the Soviet Union. Yes. And I, I think we, I just don't know what life was like in there. In, in it, We hear all these stories, obviously, since Soviet Union, the Soviet Union was such a enemy or painted as such an enemy during the Cold War and the aftermath of World War II. And we heard, oh, it's so bad and so terrible. But... It seems like everything was okay in some regard. It wasn't like things were absolutely falling apart. Mm, it depends because, um, of course, the last um, I spoke about um, looking the life about uh, from the view of the sh of a child of, of a child, mm -hmm. and it was quite okay because uh, as a child you are normally with yeah you has had. No, you don't have any so much influence to the Russian, except to the soldiers. We had a lot of Russian soldiers there, and they had some their, their own children. And sometimes we played together with uh, Russian classmates and so on. It was mm -hmm. okay and um, quite nice and cooperative. But on the other hand, uh, when you would ask me maybe if uh, when I would be 25 or 30, then of course I had more contact with the Russian and even with the Russian control, uh, this was in my case, uh, in, in for my age, not the case. Mm -hmm. But um, my parents or other parents, uh, or normally adults, of course, uh, this was quite a pain in the ass because um, they had to deliver some some things to the Russian, or it was uh, some action was restricted to the Russian, or it was forbidden to go. Of course, to some areas because controlled by Russian, because uh, a lot of uh, areas are uh, occupied by the army mm -hmm. uh, for yeah to make exercises with tanks and so on. Yeah, and this was of course um, of course I go up in forest and so on, but um, a lot of forest and lakes are of course for forbidden to enter. Yeah, yeah, uh, because it was part of Russian military, not gotcha. East German army. Russian army. The Russian army. Yes. And it was in East German land. So there yes. were just zones of the country that were off limits. Yes. Not allowed to go there. Exactly. And yeah, so you, you hear about the control a lot. And maybe as a child, you didn't 
experience that as much but as you were starting to grow older it did become more apparent you wanted to become an aircraft engineer but then things they really checked and made sure that you were aligned with their ideals and there was a lot of red tape to even attempt to have the profession that you wanted at the same time so it can you walk us through the process of as you were starting to grow older, the the control started to step in a little bit and direct you in certain ways that maybe you didn't want to go? Yes, um, of course. Um, even as a child, um, I had my target to be an aircraft engineer because I was quite interested in technical and so on. And I built some models and so on for, for airplane models. Mm -hmm. And... Um, Yes, but uh, during uh, this time, it was not possible to study aircraft engineering in Germany. Uh, it was, but it was possible uh, to study uh, this subject in, in uh, Russia, in Moscow or Kiev. And but you have to, um, yeah, it, it was not possible for everybody. You have normally it was very necessary to, of course, you have good good uh, good performance in school mm -hmm. and um, your background has to be in line with the socialism party yeah so and um my my parents uh, they uh, tried to to push me uh, to 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 get uh, this place to study in, in in russia but the government said um no it's not possible for me because my my mother is not member of the socialism party yeah, so, so they didn't even just look at you, they, they looked at your parents as well, just to be 100% sure that your ideals were in line with the government's ideals. For for my person, it doesn't matter because I was 14, so uh, the government is sure that you can, a young person, you can control because you can teach and you can, uh, you yeah, can manipulate and force them to yeah. this direction. This is quite, quite easy in this age. Yeah. So no, no uh, the background was important as well. Yeah. And which is weird because uh, we grow up in a society now where you, know, you grow up saying, oh, you can be whatever you want to be and find the right school. And I'm sure you have to apply, and, but it's based on performance alone and ideals are not part of it. Was that a, a scary time? Because what did you have to do? Because they said your mom wasn't a part of the Socialist Party. So then what? This is your future that you have to deal with. Did you have to go back? And talk to your mom. Yes, about uh, changing it was, that it was quite that. quite quite easy because exactly uh, after the answer of the government, uh, my mom said, "I don't want to be a blocking point for your future." And of course, she would join the Solution Party. So it was not a question, uh, and I, I'm I was of course very thankful for her. But exactly in this moment, yeah, we are writing the year 1989. The wall break was. Oh, so this coming. was in 1989. This was in 1989. Okay, so the wall break is also something that is absolutely fascinating for me because oh, you were there. You were in East Germany when the wall came down. And it's it seems like it was just a complete opposite of the life. Or just, I don't even know how to describe it. You probably have a better way of describing it. So the day that the wall broke, what happened? Yes, um, but you you got it exactly already. Uh, already, the word is inverted. Uh, the, the 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 day was um, of course everybody who had a television. We had not a television, so we joined uh, 
the television in uh, in a room of a na- of neighbors. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the Volbeck was in Berlin, and everybody wa- who was not in Berlin tried to get some pictures from the television. And um, this was the most people are happy. It was a mix from happiness, shocking, a little bit scary because nobody was uh, was aware of what what the future is bringing. And on the other hand, the situation uh, was a little bit, a little bit unquiet because yeah. it was not overnight because uh, the last six or eight months before, a lot of people trying to escape Germany uh, uh, to the border to, to Czech and Hungary and so on. So everybody was aware that something has happened. And even yeah. the government changed because uh, our president was uh, gone and then was another president and so on. And, and, and of course, we are, everybody was aware about the speaking of Mr. Mikhail Gorbachev, mm-hmm. who announced the perestroika. So, and of course, this was a, a start for all the socialism countries, yeah, to make their own thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, like, can you can you go back to uh, when when you were because you were fourteen, right? When the wall came down, so your fourteen year old self, you're looking at the the TV screen, and did it sink? Did, was it sinking in clearly, or what? What did it mean to you that the wall was coming down? Were you scared? Were you happy? Were were your parents happy? Um, Can you take us to the room and the TV screen that you were looking at? So I was, I was um, interested, really interested. So I, I, I took all the information and tried to collect, is for sure. But of course, I observed the reaction of all the older people, of my parents, of other adults. And there I saw definitely a lot of, how you say, skepsis? Oh, skepticism. Yeah, yeah. thank you. And yeah. For young people, so maybe between 20 and 30, they are happy because that means the Wahlberg means traveling, open borders, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. for older people, they are thinking about what is happened with my job, what is happened with the house, what is happened with my pension and so on. Yeah. And so, but unfortunately, I have to say that this thinking started a little bit later. It was not really in the moment. Mm-hmm. So and, but this thinking is was very important because we discovered that the government, uh, both East and West Germany, didn't or maybe not enough didn't uh, pay so many attention for this part because mm-hmm. after the war break, of course, uh, a lot of people lost their jobs. Yeah, and this was a hard time, and uh, yeah. This was a very hard time for a lot of people to 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 find new jobs and to in general to to regulate the the, the life. Yeah, it's a whole different system. Exactly. It, it, especially if you've lived in one system your entire life, you figured it out. You know the pension that you're getting, the job that you're doing, and then it's all just gone one day. And here comes a new system. I'm sure that was really difficult for a lot of people, and I never really thought about that. Yes. Either or just the absolute, like you said, in, it's inverted. Everything changed all of a sudden in one day. So. Yes, it's, it's, it was inverted. And especially, um, yeah, you can, you, you can imagine the people who uh, lived 40 years in the German Democratic Republic. 
Um, they had, uh, they teached uh, with a special direction, so the lesson is good, and so on. And overnight, this system was collapsed, and everything was, yeah, was inverted. So we had an um, enemy. I can say stupid enemy <laughs> that was the capitalism on the bad side and we are the socialists on the good side and overnight we had no enemy enemy more anymore yeah. because we are the en enemy because we are now part of of the uh, of the western part of germany yeah. and now we are capitalism too yeah and this was for a lot lot for a lot of people is very very strange yeah it's like an identity change the complete well. identity changed exactly yeah, so what, what happened in the upcoming months then and years? Was it a slow pro? Obviously, change takes time. And you said there were some hard times, but what was, what was going on in the streets? And it were jobs and companies completely switching over? Were most jobs from for communism and set up by the government that are now moving over to more of a private, capitalistic I guess I'm just trying to wrap my head around what was happening and what were people doing during this time or what was strange while yeah, I was switching. You got it already. Uh, it was in general, it was um, a strange time. And especially the, I would say, the last or the four, six years after the wall break, time of change in, in all directions. That means, as an example, all the rules, the laws and the restriction deleted overnight and even the policemen and the lawyers had new instruction, but of course they are not familiar familiar with the uh, instruction. So uh, that means if you had some question or even there some something happened, nobody can uh, was able to advise you what is right. Yeah. So and this this creates a little bit not not really a complete uncontrolled uncontrolled situation, but a little bit uncontrolled situation so yeah. in, in, during this time was a, lo a lot of po things are possible before not and after not yeah. but during this time so maybe creation of some some uh, critic uh, some some how you say uh, jobs or yeah, uh, yeah a little like bit and, 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 and the border to the crime are quite close mm -hmm. because was not detected because nobody knows what is allowed and what's not allowed. Yeah, nothing yes. makes sense anymore. And uh, especially for the army. Everybody who was soldier in the East German army, um, they had a strict picture of an enemy. And overnight, they are their own enemy. Yeah, <laughs> yes. okay, now do I hate myself? <laughs> what do, yes. I, do I rest my And it was, was, was amazing. And and this was, of course, the government, both government, East and uh, West Germany, tried to handle this. But um, everybody was aware that even government can't be handled as completely controlled. Yeah. It's quite normal. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, this would be a challenge for every government. Yeah, oh my it's God, quite, yeah. quite, quite normal. And uh, to reverse a society overnight. Yes. How how do you even handle that? So it. So it sounds a, a little bit of chaos or just... Yes, it's uh, and, and to be honest, in other countries, it was chaos, but not in East Germany, because the, this, the, the, the reason that was not chaos war, that we coming together with West Germany, because the West Germany was the leader, is for sure. Mm. But for example, in, in Romania, Romania, you know the regime Ceausescu? Oh no, I don't. He was a dictator. Okay. So and 
after uh, the Russian protection was uh, was over, um, it was chaos in Romania. Yeah. The people gone going to the street and killed the dictator. Yeah. And uh, then uh, it was a um, yeah, military control and so on. So this was really chaos yeah. in Romania. And um, it was, yeah. And of course, you remember maybe the story in Yugoslavia. Yeah. Yugoslavia, there was a, a war after yeah. this time. So, and uh, yeah, normally a lot of people say we are, we are, yeah, we are very controlled by West Germany. A lot of people said it's bad. A lot of people was was good, but I have to say, the during West Germany they they protected us for chaos. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. So it. But what what does this mean for you? So let's let's zoom in into your life. So you were 14 when the wall came down, and yeah. now you're living in this uh, in the in the post Iron Curtain world. So you're 14. You weren't told. You were told that you couldn't go to Russia before. You had to go through this red tape, and now there is no Russia to go to for for school. And now you're adopting capitalism, and things are a little bit chaotic all around you. What did you do? Like, what was your next step? Yes, How did of you course. approach this? <clears throat> this uh, yes, of course. It was quite the first uh, years. Uh, I, uh, I continue to go to school, and uh, but the possibilities are a little bit more, yeah, are better because it was possible to to study aircraft engineering in Germany or in all other uh, countries in in, in 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 Europe, so it was easier. But on the other hand, during this time, even my parents, of course, lost jobs, so was mm. less money, so it was not possible to go to study, but. Then I joined, yeah, I continued my school. Then I joined the army. Mm-hmm. and But after the army, the situation, so this was 1996, mm-hmm. improved a little bit. And then I was able to study aircraft engineering in Hamburg, mm. in, okay. in West Germany. And yeah, and I finished my uh, aircraft study in 2000. So it was almost you just did what you had to do. Your parents lost their jobs, so... You had to make money for the family. All, all three of you did. Or did you have any brothers and sisters? So the three of you then had to go to work, make money, almost survive this just wave of new and new society. And then eventually you did get to go to study aircraft engineering in Hamburg. And what was that like when you got to school and you said, finally, yes, I get to study what I've been trying to study for my entire life? Yeah, I think it's even my 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 parents given me some 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 uh, things on my way for the life and and said if you have a target, follow the target and you will reach the target. And I did it. Yeah, and now you're living the good life. You're making motorcycles. You get to travel for your job to lots of different places, and. Would you say that, or would you agree or not, that maybe living in Russian control or having the upbringing you did where you weren't able to go outside the borders, you didn't even have a chance to go outside the borders, now fuels your love for travel and seeing the world? Of course, it would be completely different, but I don't know if uh, if I would be more happy or unhappy. I think it, I would travel during this time as well but of course only in socialist countries mm-hmm. this is for sure and i think 
even I would uh, I would be an aircraft engineer as well there. But in of course in complete other conditions, maybe harder conditions could be yes. And yeah, anyway, it would be working. Yeah, but definitely in different way. So I don't want I would would not be here of yeah. course maybe in in, a, in another country or I don't know. Um, yeah, but this is really pure hypothetic. Yeah. Well, it brings up it brings up an interesting question, and it'll be a hard question. So I, I'm really looking forward to your answer. But what what do you think the biggest difference was? Because we're taught that the the Russian control, the communist control, was so bad, and everything was worse, and you couldn't get things to live properly, and that's the stereotype that we have. But as someone that lived both in highly controlled communist world and also in a capitalist world, what would you say is the biggest difference between the two or is there a big difference between the two? Yes, indeed. It is a very big difference and uh, this is the big lie because um, in capitalism, everybody is saying we have poor and rich and it's not nice, but this is a fact. Mm -hmm. In socialism, the socialism party is saying Everybody is has the same rights, uh, has the same, I don't know, everybody is equal and independent and so on. And this is a big lie because exactly this is not the case. Because we have two classes or more, but we have people which are not in the Communist Party and people which are in the Communist Party. Uh, I like to uh, compare this um, situation with the uh, famous book Animal Farm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is uh, like a mirror, and uh, we had a very a lot of good things in 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 the GDR and in all um, solution countries. Uh, the 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 medical service was good and uh, it was very perfect, uh, going up children and so on. It was really good, but later on, uh, as an adult, and you have to yeah to really to to follow strict rules. And you have to be uh, take care what you want to say. Nothing against the government and so mm. on. If not, they coming uh, the police, or more worse, maybe the uh, yeah in um, some uh, I don't know. Um, we say Stasi, but it's a, it's a, was a, it's a internal police. Mm. It's a very strict mm. and a very very violent. Yeah. And this was happened in a state who is saying we are all the same. Yeah, and that's yeah, Clearly and not. so in this case, I'm happy that this is over. Yeah, the capitalism is definitely not really perfect, and it's not and it's so many things what I can uh, criticize. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but they are not lying. They don't say we are all the same. Yeah, we have rich, we have poor, and and the most people have their own uh, future in their hand. In East Germany, not because uh, you can you can very hardworking person and so on. But if the Socialist Party is saying no, you are not in line with our targets, forget it. Yeah, they can say no. They can put the hard stop on what you want to do. Exactly. Yeah, and I think that sums it up really well because you're right. Capitalism has its own problems, and but the fact that they can stop you they can stop someone from chasing what they want, I think is what 
people were so afraid of to start with when it came to communism and socialism now. And it's a really interesting insight. So uh, thank you for, for sharing that. And I think that's a great place to wrap up, but I have one more question for you. And I know well, many times in life for people all over there, there, it might not be as crazy, but they have large shifts in their life where maybe they get laid off from their job and need to start a new career, or maybe they had something figured out and then they move to a new country and have to adapt a new culture. But anyone that's really facing a big change or a big invert in culture, life, whatever, as someone that's gone through that, what would you say to help someone in that situation? Make your own targets and follow strict your own rules. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, and in, in general, um, I would say that um, I'm happy to see if, if people change something 100, uh, 180 degree. It's amazing. For my personal life, I have to say um, it was not really necessary because I, I, I follow one rules and I started in one direction and it was okay. But if it's necessary, it's good to have the, uh, to, to have the force to change something. It's quite hard. Yeah. And uh, uh, I have to say to anybody a lot of congratulations if he uh, got a change very successful for yeah, uh, living in other countries. Also even I lived in a lot of other countries, France and Singapore and so on. But this was not a change for me. This was part of my life. Life which is changing all the time. Even this for me is a, is a strict life. Mm -hmm. Because this is interesting. If you only live on, in, in, in one town... 50 years, maybe it's nice, but uh, for me, not enough. Yeah, I, I love that. It's your life. It's you, the time that you have and the people that when you come across big changes, it's another part of your story. Sure, it might be an obstacle, but it's a part of your story. And I think that's the way it should be. Not as some big daunting task, but another chapter to be written. That makes sense. <laughs> Well, I think that's a perfect place to, to wrap up. Thank you, Heiner, for coming on and sharing your story. This has been a, very insightful for me, and I hope everyone listening out there gets to take away as much as I did. So thank you for coming on the show, and thank you for hosting us. This is wonderful, and we'll talk soon. Thank you to be two, three, right. four. Thank you all for listening. This has been another episode of Oyster World Radio. Thanks again, Heiner Zyme, for coming on the show. Thank you for everything, my friend, and keep writing on. Keep up to date on everything going on in the Big Sabbatical on Instagram at Nathan.Wanders and the blog of my partner in crime, Jackie Gishbacher at Gish, G-I-S-H, outofwater.com. Check out the links in the show description for more information. Special thanks to Charlie Milliken for all of the Oyster Jams. Check him out on Spotify or at charliemilliken.com. That's M-I-L-L-I-K-I-N. Don't forget to support the show on Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N at patreon.com forward slash Oyster World Radio. For only $5 a month, you get all of the behind the scenes plus some unique travel tips so don't miss out. Thanks again for tuning in to Oyster World Radio. We'll be back in two weeks. But until then, this is Nathan Lieberman signing off. I can't take control of my life If I'm too busy looking at the stars And thinking about all time that's gone by It's time for a change In my day-to-day -day scene Time to turn around from that clock Face the mirror 
and change.